RadioInfluence.com. Georgia governor candidate Dr. Candace Taylor dedicated to bringing integrity back into our elections and also into public office addresses the perilous times we live in and what we can do to turn things around on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available on RadioInfluence.com or your favorite podcast platform. A great way to show your support is by subscribing to this podcast, give it a rating, and leave a review. And be sure to tell your friends about the broadcast. When I think of my guest, I remember those good old westerns I love to watch in which the good guy would ride into town, run by bad guys, and by the end of the film, the sheriff, the clergyman, as well as both the men and the women could come out of hiding because the gun-toting, gun-firing hero had cleaned up the town by any means necessary. Fed up with the politicians in Georgia not walking what they talk, Dr. Candace Taylor is running for governor to give Georgians an option that is non-establishment, honest, conservative, and a true representation of we, the people. Now I know what you're thinking. We've heard this over and over ad nauseum from conservative candidates and truthfully, what do we have to show for it? Dr. Taylor wants us to know if she talks it, she's gonna walk it. So let's get into it. The primary reason I jumped out in faith two years ago and started my own radio broadcast was to get involved. Seeking to make a difference in the political sense for God, family, country, and constitution. So I can relate to where Dr. Candace Taylor is venturing now, a longtime educator who replied when asked why she recently jumped into the political arena back in 2020, quote, I can't complain about what is going on if I'm not willing to do something about it. A South Georgia native employed as an educator for 19 years, Dr. Taylor has served in the public school system as a third grade teacher, school counselor, testing coordinator, student services coordinator, and homeless liaison. She is passionate about the working class, mental health, less government overreach, education, small business growth, gun rights, our farmers, the economy, the right to life, and election integrity. That says about all you need to know. And I love her slogan, Jesus, Guns, and Babies. I am very happy to bring to the show Candace Taylor. Hello, Candace. How are you? I'm great, Gary. How are you? I am doing fine and doing fine. And let me know how you're doing because you have jumped into something really, really big. And what possessed you to just decide, okay, I'm going to get involved, but I'm not going to write for a newspaper. I'm not going to do an op-ed. I'm not going to do uh, a radio show. I'm just going to run for Senate. And then, okay, now I want the governorship. Well, God made me a fighter. And we don't have fighters in our in our state legislature in Georgia. We have a bunch of weak beta males that don't do anything but sit on their hands and make backroom deals. And so I decided that I'm not willing to live under communism and I want to be free. And I better get up and do something myself if I want it done because they're not. They're not budging. They're not doing the will of the people. They're not listening. And so I'm giving Georgia a choice. And what is that choice? It's somebody who won't bend their knee to anybody but Jesus Christ. It's somebody who won't take a backroom payoff. It's somebody who's going to do the will of the people as a public servant and a trustee that the Constitution says to do. And so that's what I'm going to offer the state of Georgia. And we're growing the grassroots like crazy. We're polling in the 20% mark against two establishment politicians that are about 30. So we're less than 10 points behind them. And we don't even have name recognition all over the state. So we're going to win this race and it's going to shock the world. 
Yeah, you know, you don't need to shock the world. All you need to do is shock Georgia. And if you shock Georgia, that will lead to the shocking of the world. Because I really believe if you win this race, others will say, if she can do it, I can do it too. But the thing is, as you know, you're going to have to stick to what you truly believe because you know, or are you just beginning to find out what this dirty political game is all about? Because as you know, uh, it's not what it seems to be on the surface because what's going on behind the scenes and with lobbyists and with people that, that want favors or the curry favor here, there, everywhere, that's the way the game seems to be played. Are you going to be able to get this done without having to get involved in the things that put you in the position to have to owe people? Yeah. Well, you know, Gary, it's been crazy. I ran for U.S. Senate last time in 2020, and I thought it was the socialist. When I went in, I thought, well, it's socialism, and it's the Democrats, and it's money. Those are the issues. And I learned as I ran for U.S. Senate, and then last year, I spent a whole year running for this governor race, and I realized it's communism and it's power, and it's the Republicans. So, sure, the Democrats, they tell us what they're going to do. We know. But the Republicans are in there saying one thing and doing another. And I know what my Bible says about double-mindedness, being unstable in all your ways, and that's what we're seeing in Georgia is a bunch of instability. And the reason why I said they're going to shock the world because we've watched Georgia all over national news, and I did an interview with a guy from London yesterday. I've got people all over the country, all over the world, Australia, everywhere reaching out wanting to do interviews with me being in Georgia because Georgia, humor said in Pelosi, so goes Georgia, so goes the United States of America. And we know that America is the beacon of hope for the entire the entire world. And without America being free and what we represent with capitalism and, and our constitution, we have no hope anywhere else. So we're close to losing it. We really are, and that's why I'm, you know, I have a wonderful job. I love my job, and I could stay right here doing that and fighting for abused children every day, but I can't do that because if we stay doing the same thing we're doing and letting these same people, we're going to lose the freedom we have, the freedom we take for granted. A lot of times, you take your health for granted. Well, I feel like in America right now, we're learning that we've been taking our freedom for granted because we've been electing people to do a job, and they're not doing it. But as for me taking money I'm not supposed to or getting in bed with these people, I get so angry at their mentality of being in a monarchy and being a dictator and being a king or queen and not being a public servant and a trustee, which is what the Constitution clearly says. I had someone this week from the Georgia GOP that messaged me and is on an executive committee, and she said, are you going to run for state school superintendent? And I said, no, that's never been in my head. That's never came from my mouth. So who said that lie? And she said, well, we were just thinking, well, you, you were just thinking, the Georgia GOP, y'all don't get to decide what the state of Georgia does. The people get to choose, and the people want me to run for governor. But that's their mentality. They're used to picking and cherry-picking and hand-choosing every single person that runs so that the people of Georgia don't have a choice. You're right about that. And that's sad. And it's not just Georgia. It's all over all 50 states. And one of the things that you learned very early in getting involved politically, and I love this that you said, it's a shame it's come down to this, but people are choosing money over morality. You want the other. You're saying it can't be money over morality because if you do that, all you care about is power. That's right. We got to put morality over money. We can't have China buying off our elections. We can't have Hollywood dictating whether we sign a heartbeat bill or whether we have a transgender bathroom. We have to put children and people and humanity first, and we have to put our moral standards first. We live in the Bible Belt, where you know we do love Jesus, guns, and babies. That's the bedrock of our conservatism, and we have to not compromise, not bend our knee, not be politically correct. We have to stand up for what's right and not be scared. We have to put faith over fear. Right. Now, you can say that as a candidate, but what is going on with the people, Candace? It, is there a concern that the people won't follow along a strong leader? Or is it that Donald Trump proved if the leader is strong, they will follow? 
I believe that President Trump set a new precedent for us in America that we have hope for now that we can overturn this and we can move forward and back and back, move forward in a way to move backwards. Isn't that crazy? Back mm-hmm. to 1770, back to the mentality that our founding fathers established and freedom and a beacon of hope and, and really the ability to pursue happiness. And stop this governmental overreach and this big, fat government full of fat cats that are just taking money and not only taking our money, but just printing money and just dispersing it. We're we're raising a a group of entitled people who are lazy and they want you to legalize marijuana. If you don't want to legalize marijuana, then you're not going to win. And, And just this whole mentality of it's my way or no way and not looking at just being protected and, and keeping people healthy and doing what's the right thing to do and the moral thing to do and, and hard work. And, and I think Donald Trump has, has given a hope to the people of America that, you know, we can go back and do this the right way and, and push back on these other foreign countries who are, who are becoming bigger than America, really, in their voice and say, no, you're going to do right by America or we're not trading with you. We're the top nation. We're the top in everything. And you're going to bend your knee to us it's not going to be us falling over ourselves for you. We're not doing that anymore. And we need some true Jesus-loving alpha men to step up and run our country. And I'm not this feminist woman empowerment kind of person. That's not who I am. I want these men to step up. But in Georgia, we have a good old boy system that's not a good old boy system, but that's in quotation marks sarcastically, that. They are just scratch your back, I'll scratch mine. You know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's this whole mentality of doing backroom deals and favors. And it's not just Republicans. It's on the Democrat side, too, because they do it for each other. It's all this game of chess where they all keep each other empowered. And then I'll be on this issue, you've been on this issue. And it's like, when are you going to represent your constituents and uphold your oath of office and do what the will of the people is? When are you going to do that? Yeah. And again, it's not just Georgia. It's all over the place. And one of the things you said, Georgia being one of the gateway to the South, uh, you know, this is a very, very important state. And here's the proof, people, of how important the state of Georgia is. Uh, Candace, recently I had on the show Morgan Brittany, who's been on my show uh, several times. You know, she's a longtime actress and was a star on Dallas and has spent uh, more than six decades in Hollywood as an actress, and she talked about the glory days of Hollywood, but also the communist-fueled demise of Hollywood where it turned hard left. What ended up happening, it seemed to me, back in the, I guess it's the early 2000s, all of a sudden Hollywood started to move its studios and a lot of its, uh, its business to your state. Was that something that that just perpetuated and spiraled a lot of the problems going on with with all of a sudden Georgia starting to go from a pretty red state to where where it is today. The inclusion of Hollywood making movies there and bringing their people there and kind of, you know, coming in there and, and forging their way. Well, I mean, I'd be remiss to say that it didn't have some influence. I'm sure that it did. And, we, you know, we see where Hollywood stands up to our Georgia legislators when they try to pass a heartbeat bill or, like I mentioned earlier, with the transgender bathrooms, and they come out strong in that way. But to say that they're the reason why our state's turning, I don't think so. And I don't think our state's turning. I'm telling you, I've been all over this state. We have 159 counties. I've been to every single one. I've been multiple times to many of them, most of them. And we're very conservative. We even have people who vote Democrat, or and I'm that back. they don't vote Democrat. They call themselves a Democrat because their identity is there, because their parents, their grandparents, and their lineage, but they vote conservative. They just, in their mind, can't let go of that Democrat title. And we have a lot of conservatives. I would say Georgia is 75 to 80% conservative. But what's happened in Georgia is in 2002, we implemented electronic voting. We're the first state to pioneer that, which is not a good thing, and other states have followed suit. And since then, we've had issues with voting. It's not been as secure. There's been tampering, but yet never been an audit, no accountability, and we've gotten looser and looser with our procedures and our and our voting systems, and it's presented itself to be a real problem. And we saw that in the 2020 election in Georgia, 
all the issues and still no one's been arrested. There's no decertification. There's no audit in Georgia when we've had the most issues of any state in the union during that time. And the people have a right to know it's their, it's their election. It's their government. They own the machines. They own the ballots. Everything belongs to the people. And we've gotten away from that mindset that it's of the people, by the people, for the people. And instead, it's, I know best. I'm the politician. I know best. I'm the one that's been elected. Well, the only power that a politician has is the power that the people will to them through electing them. But they're a representation of the people. And if they're not being into the will of the people and they're not acknowledging the people's requests and petitions, then they're not representing anybody but themselves. And that's what's happened in Georgia. That's what's happened across this country. And we, we see it more heavily here, I, I believe, because of 19 years of voting that's been skewed. Okay, you just hit the magic, the magic word that we really want to get deep into because this is a big part of, you know, what you're campaigning on, and that's election integrity. Uh, is this all about Dominion or does it go beyond Dominion? And we're talking about voting oh. machines and everything. And then... In, in, in explaining what has happened to the electronic balloting and voting in the state, also tell them what happened while you were watching your numbers on election night when you ran for the Senate back in 2020. Yeah, it's way beyond Dominion. This is a this is way beyond that. It doesn't matter what system was being utilized. There were issues. So in 2020, November 3rd, the night of the election, Florida was called red. And some people say, well, Florida was supposed to go blue. I mean, whatever was supposed to happen didn't happen. They went red. And when they did, you can see on the graph the red line for Trump, the blue line for Biden, and Trump's leading by a great deal. You watch the graph of the data, and the numbers zero out. The graph comes all the way down to the line at the bottom, zeroes out, which is a statistical anomaly. It cannot happen. And then they start creeping up again, and within minutes of the water leak, water break in Fulton County that we don't think really happened, within minutes of that, it gets a little bit, not all the way to zero, but it gets a little bit. And when it comes back up, the red and blue line are on top of each other, Mm. and then we have the mass absentees that are thrown in. So what happened was they had to put in phantom voters to dilute Trump's vote. Trump had such a big lead in Georgia, hundreds of thousands of votes, and they had to put in and put in phantom voters, fake ballots. So if you think about it and you have 10 people and they vote on strawberry or banana and seven vote strawberry and three vote banana, strawberry is winning by over double. But if you throw in 10 fake voters, it's 17 and 13 and they're closer, right? And that's what happened. They had to dilute that vote, and that's why we had astronomical voter turnout for Biden and Trump, both. More people voted than were registered. That's why you had dead people voting. That's why you had all this fraud, because of the phantom voters they shoved in. And then they came out with the absentee ballots, and we saw the video of the rescanning of ballots and being pulled pristine ballots from under the table, and, and all those things happened. But, you know, Georgia legislators like to say it was the it was the absentee ballots that, that read the election. That's what we had issues with the absentee ballots. No, you could never have produced 800,000 or less, but somewhere around that mark, of fake absentee ballots. It's, it's impossible to have that many physical fake ballots. They had to push in those phantom ballots to dilute that vote. And then the, and then the absentees push him over the edge, you know, 10 to 12,000 that, that he won by a little over 11,000 votes. So, we know that that's what happened in the election, 100%, no doubt about it. And I saw it myself. I ran for U.S. Senate, and I watched my numbers, and they went up and down all night long. One time I lost 5,000 votes within a few seconds. And it's like you don't lose votes. They add 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 4, not 15, and not negative 5. So you know there's an issue when you're watching votes go up and down. And at my house, we, all of us were on different platforms. We had about seven platforms pulled up. We're all on different ones looking at my votes and screenshotting with timestamps because it's like my votes would go up and come back down. And Sidney Powell called the week after the election and was like, yeah, they, you know, they, they stole, you know, 100,000, 200,000 of your votes and moved them to someone else. That's what they did. And, and she said, I know that we, wa- we watched it for the data. And I knew it happened. I knew because I watched my votes 
go up and down. And then if you were watching national news, you saw President Trump's vote going up and down too. So, you know, it, it was it was a it was crazy, honestly, just nuts that that could happen right here before our eyes. Good thing is, it's probably been happening for years, and now we're awake and we're not. We're going to be watching. We're going to be doing precinct chairs and poll workers and poll watchers, and we're not going to sit back and just take it this next time. Well, here's what's scary. What's scary is that it happened. What's scary about Georgia is Georgia was warned. President Trump warned the state. And then, you know, Georgia has known, just like Ron DeSantis made sure in Florida, we know what they're trying to do. Georgia was warned, yet they pulled it off anyway to some degrees in the Senate races and things like that. What is your concern, not only that they were able to pull this off to some degree, but that everybody knows the presidential election was stolen. There were all kinds of elections stolen in swing states and all across America. And Mike Lindell has been out there. All kind of people have been out there talking about this. You know, and But to this day, you can't get a court to touch it. You can't get the media to cover it. Everybody is acting like it never happened. And it's, I feel like we're living in twilight zone, Gary. It feels like literally we're living in insanity. And we cannot let the mainstream media dictate our narrative. They can't dictate our reality. They can try to twist the narrative, but that's not our reality. That's why it's so important for people like you and people like our friend John DeLemme and my friend Sue Peters and Mike Lindell. It's so important for you guys to be out there ahead of this and tell them the truth. Because and Nino, my friend Nino, who's a boxer, these these conservative media outlets, if it was not for you telling the truth, the people would be so lost and even angrier and more civil unrest than what we have because we know we're being lied to. You can't unsee pulling out pristine ballots and having them rescanned over and over. I can't unsee that. It was on national news. We know. We saw it. I went to Arizona and was watching that audit take place. And you're seeing just the massive issues. And you're like, you can't unsee this. And still, Arizona hasn't decertified. Praise the Lord for people like Wendy Rogers and Kara Flynn and Senator Borelli that's fighting there. Kelly Townsend trying to get it done. But they still haven't decertified. You got Wisconsin up there that, that wants a, that wants an audit, wants to decertify. Somebody putting a bill through, trying to get that done. You got people in Pennsylvania in the legislature that want something done. But yet we have in Michigan too, they have people. But in Georgia, we don't have one Georgia legislator willing to stand up. And they I'm telling you, my state was the worst in the issues that's been found and seen publicly, and they're not doing anything. We're living in a world of let's pretend, 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 because that's what political campaigns do. They pretend, pretend, pretend. They say the right rhetoric, the right gaslighting, the right pandering, and, and, and give people the political rhetoric they're used to hearing. And they feel like I've, I've snowed on this long. I've brainwashed them this long. If I continue to ignore the truth, eventually they're like sheep and they will just go with the flow and I'll be right back in office. And those days are over. They're over because the people who at work and pay taxes and and raise their families and they're and they're like I said, taking freedom for granted. That that now they're awake and they're not going back to sleep. And we're going to have accountability. Yeah, you know, you have no idea how mad I was about <laughs> uh, Georgia because uh, I actually, silly me, I expected Brian Kemp to follow uh, Ron DeSantis's lead. And I thought that Georgia was going to lead the charge of cleaning this up. Hasn't happened yet. And no. Because you know why we thought that? Because Kent was such a trumper. That's what he said. I know. I mean, he I mean, he won because President Trump came out and endorsed him. He wasn't first. He was like sixth and all the everybody running. And then he comes up, Trump endorses him and he wins the primary. And then, yeah, the whole GOP, including myself, everybody gets out, sits out signs. They work so hard to defeat Stacey Abrams. And then we hear, you know, Kim for all these two years, just, oh, Trump, 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 Trump. And then it makes sense 
that Florida goes red, so Georgia has to go blue, and then they had to shove in these phantom voters. And so it's almost like, well, if that's what really happened, if that's what happened, then Kent did kind of get himself in a pickle because now he can't lie and say, oh, I supported Trump because there's been no accountability, no audit, no special session he called to get an audit, no decertification, pretending and gaslighting like nothing's wrong. And so the people see straight through it. I mean, his career's over. Well, that wasn't my biggest problem. My biggest problem personally was after election night. And then you have the Senate runoff. And now everybody knows what happened in Georgia on election night 2020. And here comes the runoff and they let it happen again. Only worse, because now they're saying, oh, well, everybody didn't show up to vote. That's bullcrap. Not everybody didn't show up to vote because you had 800,000 phantom voters pushed in. So, no, everybody didn't show up. The numbers were not as high, and they never are going to run off. But what they what gets me is they stopped counting Chatham, which is Savannah. They stopped counting Fulton, which is Atlanta, at about 11 p.m. So we'll resume at 8 a.m. And at that time, both senators, Republican senators, were winning. Go to bed. And at 4.55 a.m., those counties are magically in. Now, remember, they're going to stop counting at 11 p.m., and they're going to start back at 8 a.m. But 4.55 a.m., 100% have been recorded, and both Republican senators lost. That's ridiculous. And nobody did anything about it. Even David Perdue, who was the one that was beat out when really he won his seat, said nothing. For a year, nothing. Didn't do anything. I don't know if he was playing golf or what he was doing, but he wasn't fighting for his seat while all of us are out fighting as hard as we can, pushing back, sending affidavits, sending notices, filing grand jury petitions, trying to get this rectified, and all of a sudden he wants to run for governor? He and Brian Kemp are the same person. Are you kidding me? Uh, You know, they're not kidding you, but the problem is people keep getting away with this, so why would they stop? And then along those lines, Candace, you talk about, you know, see, we, we always thought that this was a left versus a right. It was Republicans or conservatives versus Democrat. But what you're finding out, unfortunately, in your state that a lot of good, strong conservatives are finding out in their state, the real battle is conservatives versus the Republican establishment. And that is the battle you really thought you were never going to have to fight because you would figure with the, the with the Democrats going hard Marxist socialists leading into communism that the Republicans would be able to solidify, come together to fight to save our constitution. Yet your biggest problem is the Republican establishment. You say you're taking on the establishment. Please explain what that means. So we have elitists in the Republican party. So we have these elitists that are, are their mindset is a monarchy type mindset with kings and queens. And then we have Democrat plants who are really liberal and they're pretending. Rhinos. Yeah. So you have both of these mindsets in a conservative Republican Party. Neither one represent the Republicans, but they're taking up spots. The Democrats tell you what they're going to do. You know who they are. But these Republicans, neither one of them are true conservatives or honest. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell the truth every single time, and I'm going to represent the people, and I'm going to be their fighter, and I'm going to hold everyone accountable. And as we do this grassroots, and we're knocking on doors, we started knocking on doors last week. We've had tremendous success with that. We're doing a bus tour all over the state of Georgia, and we're, we're garnering support everywhere. We're sending mass texts. We're doing mass emails. We have some commercials coming. We're going to take this state back to the people. And they want someone normal. They want one of them. And that's who I am. I'm one of the people. I'm going to remain one of the people. I'm going to go serve my four years as hard as I can serve. And if they elect me again, I'll do another four. If I don't, that's okay. I'm tired of the people going in with the mindset of I have eight years and I have to play it safe for four years. And in the last four years, I'll get a little bit done. No, Serve your time you're elected for and quit trying to make a career out of it. That's the problem we have in Georgia and the rest of the country. We've got to break that mindset. And we're going to break that mindset with normal tax 
taxpaying people running for every single seat, starting from the school boards, commissioners, city councils, to state seats, to, to U.S. seats, everyone. Candace, I have to ask you the tough question. And it's a question that you can give me a projected answer on. And it's it's kind of like when I went into the music business and uh, people said, well, the music business is a really tough business and there's a way the game is played. And when you get in there, you you start to understand because I was in music management, managing uh, jazz flautist Dwayne Kerr. And when you got in there, you, you kind of start to see what it is that people warned you about. And I, I, I'm telling you this story because it's funny. There's a, a very famous movie that Robert Townsend made, The Five Heartbeats. And I remember when one of my best friends saw the movie, he, he was laughing. because I said, what's so funny when he saw me the next day? He said, because the manager gets run over by a truck. And, you know, the business can be really tough on managers. I have watched and talked to and know people and know of people, good people, strong people who went into this political arena, be it the House, the Senate, City Hall, whatever it was, with the best of intentions. And I knew some of these people were really, really, really strong-minded individuals, meant what they said, and they got in there and got broken. Why, why won't this happen to you? I'm not saying it will, but it almost looks like you can't fight City Hall, and you even see it, you even see what's going on with our Supreme Court right now. Their justices in there making decisions that Trump put in there. They're making decisions that we're going, what? How do you avoid this? Well, you're, it's a totally fair question. And Gary, I've asked the same question to other people running for office for several years myself. But it's because I know who I belong to. My identity is in Jesus. I have a true relationship with him. And I won't compromise. I had a pastor when I first started running, he, he said, Candace, I believe God has called you to do this, but you have to promise me and him that you're not going to compromise, not one time. If you compromise one time, it's over. They will own you. And I have, I have carried that with me and those words every single minute of every day. No compromise, none, ever, not one time because then they blackmail you. Then you have to compromise more and more and more. And you know, I think that just being a hard line, a hard boundary, and knowing who I am, and knowing that it's not my power, it's the people's power. The government belongs to the people, and never getting that, staying humble, you know, knowing that it's not a, a puffed up, blown up position, it is a service that you're doing. And I've been a public servant for 19 years in education. I'm still a public servant. I work full time. I'm on my lunch break. And I think that we relate to people who have been CEOs and they've, they've done backroom deals and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's the American dream and capitalism. And that's what we want in our, in our country. But sometimes they don't know what it's like to serve people. And we have to get someone who is a fighter, won't compromise and will serve people. And that's what I'm going to do. And you know, I have people say to me, well, you say Jesus guns and babies and Jesus doesn't represent me. I'm not a Christian. And I said, that's okay. That we have America because like, our founding fathers wanted to worship Jesus freely. We have America because of Jesus. And if you don't, if you're not a Christian, that's okay. But at least you know where I stand. At least you know who I am. And even if you don't, if you're not a Christian and you don't believe in the Bible, you know the philosophy behind it is inherently good. And if I am truly a grounded Christian, I'm going to be a good public servant leader, honest. And that should be enough for you to say, okay, let me take a chance on her. And so I guess that's where, that's all I can say is that I love Jesus and I'm not going to compromise. And the people are going to have to take a chance on someone who's like them instead of keeping on with these same people who lie. Very well said, Candace. And now, since we went since we went there, let's have a little lesson here in Bible 101. Okay, people, here's what she's telling you. It doesn't matter whether you what you think of Jesus. What matters is what Jesus thinks of himself. And Jesus came, died on a cross for the salvation of the world. What Adam and Eve gave away in the fall by falling in the garden. Jesus corrected that, that we can be free 
Freedom comes only because Jesus paid the price for our sin. If not, we would still be under total control of a satanic world and nothing we could do about it. Freedom comes from God through the death of his son. Because of that, whether you believe in him or not, you have the right to be free. And this country is the only country birthed by the founding fathers under the auspice of a constitution presented to them Judeo-Christian values from God that made this country free. Now, it doesn't mean that people saying, well, some people were free, some people, that's, that's on man. That's not the way it was set up. It was set up a certain way. It was set up to have freedom. And what is going on now? Our constitutional republic is under assault for the last hundred years by communists looking to take away our freedom to turn this into a communist nation, what they're trying to do with the rest of the world and take away your individual freedom, which includes your religious liberty, your first amendment, your ability to bear arms. So if they try and turn into a monarchy or try and turn into a tyrannical government, you can't fight back if you don't have weapons. This is what Candace is standing for. And because of this, because she's a follower of Jesus like I am, because she's a representative of the kingdom of God, she is looking to do what we are called to do when we say our father who art in heaven, that what we are looking to do, bringing heaven onto earth. In other words, what is in heaven, we want it here. God's blessings that are there, the blessings are available here. And that only comes through Jesus. And whether you believe, like she said, or not, you are free only because of him. She understands that. And that's why you really have your opportunity, my dear, to go into the belly of the beast and win this war. And, you know, I mean, Gary, honestly, I don't know why God chose me and, and put it in my heart. I think that it wasn't like, oh, I'm the special one. I think that he speaks to a lot of us to run for certain things, to take our, you know, take his His will up and do it and, and take charge and take his kingdom and advance it. But sometimes we don't listen because we're busy and we have other obligations and it is a sacrifice. And I just happen to be so upset and worried about losing my personal freedom and the freedom of my children and my future grandchildren that I thought, I've got to do something. I can't just sit here and not do anything. And the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me about morality over money. And these people don't care about morality. And we're going to totally compromise it to the point of no return of someone who is moral. And I am not perfect, but I have the righteousness through Jesus. And if I don't step up and say, okay, enough, critical race theory teaches oppression. It has no place in public schools. Social emotional learning, Amen. it teaches communism. It has no place in public schools. Comprehensive sex education teaches perversion. It has no place in public schools. Transgenders cannot be pushed to take hormone therapy by the school nurse. We cannot have this stuff in our public school system. That We're playing with, with children's identity. That's not okay. That's not our role. And if somebody doesn't stand up and say it and do it, we're going to fall like Sodom and Gomorrah. You're right about that, Candace. And therefore, please explain. You just open the door again. When we lose our constitutional republic, we lose our country. Please tell people why that happens, why that will happen. If we lose our country, and we're not a democracy, people. We're a constitutional republic. The Constitution rules, not not majority rule, the Constitution rules, okay? If we lose our constitutional republic, we're gone. Please tell them why and why you're fighting for our republic. So let me just start here. I thought this was maybe a good way to explain it. We had the election debacle, and the people want an audit. And whether you believe there was cheating or not, there's about 30% of people, 25 to 30%, there's been surveys taken on both sides of the aisle. They will never believe there was fraud. Okay, fair enough. And then there's about 45 to 50% that believe 100% both sides of the aisle there was fraud. 
So whether you believe it or not, let's just say when you have the majority of people who want an audit, you do the audit and there's nothing to hide and you prove that, yes, there was fraud or no, there wasn't. Well, when the will of the people is astounding and they send notices and affidavits and they've petitions for grand juries and they've taken all the constitutional steps to get the elected officials, public servants, trustees to do their job, and they're blatantly refusing and ignoring and even coming out against this, we've lost the Constitution. We've lost the power of the people. And so if we lose the power of the Constitution and the power of the people, we lose our country. And I was really struggling with this, Gary, really struggling. And I was praying several months ago, and I was like, Lord, is the Constitution real? Because they're not upholding it. They swore to uphold the will of the people. They swore that we could alter, abolish, or reform our government, our government at will. They're totally ignoring us. Is the Constitution real? And the Holy Spirit said to me, clear as a bell, it's as real as the people say it is. And I'm telling you, we decide if that Constitution is real or not. It's our country. There are millions of us. There are hundreds of them in elected officials, in elected capacities. So hundreds of them, millions of us, it's our government, we decide, we choose. The minute we give up our guns like Australia, the minute we give up and, and take mandates as a way of life, and the minute that we say, okay, you can tell me what to do in my public school system, and you can, you can brainwash my children, and we don't stand up, we lose our country. Because our Constitution is null and void. The Constitution will only remain if the people demand it. And the people that hold the power say no more. And that is what we have as a constitutional republic. We have a Constitution that we elect representatives to go and serve and oversee and make sure the Constitution is followed. And when they are blatantly refusing to uphold and follow the Constitution, it is on the people to get rid of them. It is on the people to replace them and to uphold the Constitution 100% of the time. Without it, we will be no better than any other country, probably worse, with a huge government overreach that dictates every single decision we make. And we're getting there because without our right to vote, secure and legal, we have no country. And if we have a hijacked election in 2022 and we have not a duly elected president sitting in the White House and we're sitting here and we're allowing this, that's why I don't quit talking about 2020 because I'm not going to live in insanity with everybody else that's brainwashed by mainstream media. I'm going to say, no, we still need to fix 2020 because if not, we're not following the Constitution. And as we buy into that more and more, are we even going to have an election in 2024? Or is it going to be totally fake? And then by 2026, 2028, we have no election. It's coming. It's coming quickly. And it's, this is it. 2022 is it for us to decide that we, the people, are taking our country back. Yeah, and and this that that's the thing you have said. This election is so important in 2022. Kind of crystallize that for people because some people may be looking past 2022, looking to 2024. We may not even have a 2024, depending on what happens in 2022. Right. This is one of the most important elections of all time. Right. Right. So we're going to take the Senate back. The Senate, we barely lost it. Really, we didn't lose it. Really, we didn't because the Georgia two seats that split, that made it even with, with Kamala as the deciding vote, we know they didn't win. I told you what happened earlier with Chatham County and Savannah and with Fulton County in Atlanta. I told you what happened. They, they stopped counting. All, this, all that happened. Nothing's been done about it. But this is the opportunity for us to take that seat back in Georgia one of those seats for with a two-year seat to finish out Johnny Isaacson's term. So Herschel Walker's running for that seat. We'll pull that seat back, and then we'll move on to other states who have their Senate seats up. We'll pull those U.S. Senate seats back, take the Senate majority back. And then the House, this is the time. We're going to take the U.S. House back. And it's so important for the federal level so that those people who are true conservatives can get in there 
like my friend Josh Barnett in Arizona, who's running for U.S. House, and he'll get in there with my friend Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia and say, no, back up off of the state. You are overstepping. States are sovereign. Get out of their business. That is not our role. It is so critical that we have that dealt with, with the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate being majority Republican, with true conservatives. Then we go to our state level, and we get AGs, attorney generals that are conservative, and we get governors who are conservative. And I'm telling you, it matters so much for the Secretary of State and Lieutenant Governor because they have so much pull under behind the scenes, underhanded, that we don't even know about. We have to take every single seat, and it's so important, and not compromise on one. We, I know there's celebrities. I know we look at them and we see them on TV and we think, oh, my gosh, this is a governor. Oh, my gosh, this is, you know, a U.S. congressman. They're not celebrities. They are public servants. And if they're not bending their knee to the will of the people, they don't get to stay in office. I don't care how much you see them on TV. We have got to stop that insanity. I hear you, Candace. And Candace, don't think. Don't think you think you slipped one by me. I heard you slip that Georgia bulldog Herschel Walker into the conversation. I, <laughs> I had to get a Georgia bulldog in there. People, she's a Georgia bulldog fan because she's from Georgia. And, you know, he was Mr. Bulldog. I get it. But he is running and uh, and and he has a right to be brought into this uh, conversation. But because he's uh, always seems to have always been a strong conservative, which is great, especially coming from a black guy, you know, because a lot of us, you know, black people, it, it, it's nuts yeah, what, what's going on, that it's just so hard to find great conservatives and to be a conservative, you know, it, they, they take so much flack from the community. But you nailed that. Uh, and that's what we need to do. So uh, what are you campaigning on? Like when you're when you're out there now, what are you telling people? You have this great video out with you in your boxing gloves, pounding a heavy bag. I'm glad you weren't pounding a Democrat, although it would be nice, but we can't do that. We're not advocating violence here, but her minute campaign video, she's got her she's got her sweatsuit on and she's working that heavy bag with both lefts and rights. So tell people what you're campaigning on. Yeah, I was sore for a week. I just want you to know, Gary. I mean, well, I, I hope I hope you I hope to trained before you did the video. <laughs> I trained for three hours that night, and then I that's not it. gonna that's not gonna cut it. That's that's like that's like uh, you know uh, Matt Corral. Well, I won't even bring up any Georgia guys. That's like somebody going out and you know decide, okay, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play college football. Let me just go out and run around for three hours, and I'm gonna go out and get hit by Alabama and LSU. Well, in my mind, I think I'm still 16, I guess, and not okay. 41. I'm like, uh-huh. Lord, I must, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the shape I once was, but it was a lot of fun. You know, it is a like parody, you know, it's like a foreshadowing of taking your gloves off. And so, you know, I was punching the punching bag and I was talking about the establishment politicians and all the things they've done against our state. And then I went in and took the gloves off and I said, but this is a fight between me and Stacey and let's take it to the people with a vote that's fair and legal, you know, and a vote that's not rigged because people like to rig fighting, right? They like to rig the fights and they like to rig voting, obviously. So if we fight and if we take this to a vote that's not rigged, she'll never be any Republican in Georgia because Georgia's conservative. And we know that. And, and you know, it's, it's a game. They play the Republicans because they want us to think it's close. They want us to think it's close. So we're scared to vote for the political outsider. But I'm running, you know, I'm a constitutional conservative and I'm going to protect the Constitution 100 percent of the time. We're going to get constitutional carry. That should have already happened. We're going to protect life from, from conception. In Georgia, we have uh, Planned Parenthood abortion centers and missing a complete circle around the metro Atlanta area with almost 70 percent of those abortions being from black babies. We're going to eradicate that from our state. It's going to be illegal to murder children here in Georgia. Amen. And, you know, we're, we're also going to do prison reform. We have we have inmates and correctional officers that are getting killed every single day. Our prison system is falling apart. We have more people incarcerated on parole and probation than any other state. And we've got to do some major reform. We've we got to get them paid correctly, the, the correctional officers. And we, we need to get the inmates that are nonviolent in the ditches, working like a dog, 
my brother has been a drug addict for 15 years and he's in prison right now for keeping on violating his, violating his probation. And I want him in the ditch working so hard, tongue hanging out, that he never wants to use drugs again. He wants to get out and, and work for his money and not just be sitting there working for us for free. We have to get back to making things hard and safe. I don't want anybody dying that's, that's innocently there working in a, in a prison or there's a nonviolent criminal in there just serving their time. I mean, we, we have to get away from this. Georgia, our system is so fragile. It's about to fall apart. I've heard it all over the state. Mental health is a huge issue here. We let out 9,000 residents, inpatient treatment residents, 10 years ago, and 90% of them are still homeless or they're incarcerated. And these, we're talking about veterans and we're talking about people mentally ill that were on medication and it's inhumane we're not we're not helping the situation we're making the prison system worse with that and making drug addiction worse we have a huge fentanyl problem we have a huge methamphetamine problem and we need some creative ideas of how to get them rehabilitated the 12-step program's not working for these type of addicts the drug's too, too strong. And, you know, I've talked about my faith before, and I just believe God will give us the creator, will give us creative ideas on how to get people set free through him. And we can do that. We can fix hard problems. We're smart people. We can do that. And um, other things I want to do in, in the economy and transportation and alleviating traffic in Atlanta and specific things that other states may not care about, but whatever the people want, this is their government. And it's their tax money, and they get to choose how it's spent. And I just want to do their will. I don't want to go in there and make myself money. I don't want to go in there and have power to make that room deals and, and make myself important. I don't care anything about that. It's not about that. It is about the people of Georgia. And I'm going to represent all of Georgia, every person, not just the Republican Party, everybody with conservative ideas. And they're going to be thankful, and I'm going to do it better than anybody before me has ever done. Sounds very good. One thing I must say, you may hope and plan to represent everybody, but you can't represent Marxists and communists and, and people who hate God, hate the country, and want to overthrow it. You would like to change their mind and show that the, there is a better way. And the useful idiots you may be able to get. But the radicals, the hardcore people who it's not about the issues, it's about the revolution, <laughs> they're, 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 they're going to be they're going to be the enemy till till they keel over dead. So you can't worry right, about them. Right. You can't worry about not, those they're people. Not, they're, they're not they're not Georgians. They are they don't belong in our state. They don't belong in our nation. Those people have no place here. So you're right. I'm not going to represent. Them. But they're, they're here. The true Georgians. And they're, they're here. here. Have no place. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Yeah, to see, and and that's the whole key. Do what's right. Do what's right in God's eyes, and leave the consequences up to Him. Because that's see, right. it's not what we always need to remember. It's not whether God's on our side. It's He fights the battle for us when we're on His side. If we're doing what's Amen. right in the eyes of the Lord, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, Candace, please tell people about your background because you told them what you want to do, but tell them who you are. Yeah. Well, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a public school educator. I've taught third grade. I've been a school counselor most of my career. I'm an administrator now at the Board of Education. I'm the student services coordinator, homeless liaison. I work a lot with DFACS, DJJ, through attendance, just making sure the neediest population in our community is taken care of. I spent most of my career, you know, getting sexual abuse disclosures and helping the testifying court and get them put away, the people that are pedophiles, and helping with domestic violence issues and helping families be restored and, and helping children that have gone through divorce and just dealing with the hard issues. I'm a fixer by nature, and I have a wonderful job. I've, I've loved every minute. I know every kid that's been hurt and abused. And I, so I have a heart for human sex trafficking. I have a heart for, for reconciliation of family. And I, I've been blessed, honestly. And God, I feel like the experiences that I've been through and really hard stuff, hard stuff emotionally, that I've been through has made me tough. And it's made me more passionate about justice 
and protection of the innocent than I would be had I been a normal person working a, a nine to five job or a job that's in the business world um, because I care about humanity. And that's kind of something I have different than other candidates. And I'm, I guess I'm, um, I'm the political outsider for sure, but I'm also the one I was told by a media guy who said, you know, you're the hard right constitutional conservative. I said, well, I wouldn't like to think that a constitutional conservative is hard right. I would just think you're a constitutionalist. And that, that shouldn't be hard right. That should be everybody should want to protect the Constitution. He said, well, I say that, but you're so in the middle with humanity issues. And I'm like, no, or social issues. I said, no, it's a humanity thing. We should all care about people. We shouldn't want anybody hurt. We don't want people getting cancer. We don't want people getting abused. And so it's not, to me, that's not a right or left issue. That's a that's a people issue. That's a humanity issue. And I'm thankful for the experiences I have that I can apply to the whole state of Georgia and understanding and seeing problems and being able to fix them and, and getting the right people around me and surrounding my people, myself with people who can who can fix problems, hard problems. Um, you can go to CandiceTaylor.com, K-A-N-D-I-S-S, Taylor.com, and check out. I have all my issues, my positions there on different issues. And you can volunteer to help me on my campaign. Even if you don't live in the state of Georgia, you can still do that. I'd love to have you. You can make a donation. We're starting a bus tour. We're going to be touring the whole state of Georgia. And, you know, I'm a grassroots candidate. So they've raised millions and I've raised hundreds of thousands, you know, it's, it's different for me. And that's okay because God's provided every single thing we need. God has provided it and he'll continue to do so as long as we'll glorify him. Amen to that. Now, Candace is being very humble here, people, but make your mother proud and tell them the PhD is real. <laughs> yeah, I have a PhD in counseling. Um, I have four degrees, actually. I have an undergrad in early childhood, and I have a master's in specialist in school counseling from Georgia Southern University, and they, it was a secular university, and I didn't learn how to do Christian counseling, and I just was doing counseling in the school system and thought, I just don't understand how people are going to get healed without understanding Christian counseling. So I went and applied Amen. to the PhD program at Pat Robertson's University in Virginia Beach, and I I received that degree in counseling. And then when I received that degree, Dr. Ben Carson was my commencement speaker. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Carson is the reason why I'm running for office because he challenged us that day. He said, you're going to, we're going to lose our country because of political correctness and the national debt and frivolous spending. And we have to get involved. And it was a couple of years later that he ran for president. And I met Dr. Carson four times. He is an amazing, amazingly brilliant man, the, the smartest person I've ever met in person, and just a patriot. And he's exactly right. We're seeing right now political correctness from conservatives has destroyed the moral fiber of our country and the, the national debt and what it's doing every single day to inflation, our gas prices, and our economy. And Ben Carson was right 10 years ago, and it's happening now. We're watching it play out. So I can't wait to get in there and try to fix Georgia. I'm going to tell you what. I hear you. Now, my final question, the thing we have in common is I just couldn't take it anymore and got involved. I, you know, decided to uh, do something on the radio because that was afforded an opportunity. You couldn't take it anymore, and you stepped out in the political arena. What would you say to the average uh, person, of average American, hardworking American that doesn't have the ability to, uh, you know, doesn't have a pen, doesn't have a camera, doesn't have the ability to write or a, a microphone or to run a public office? What can Joe America and Mrs. Joe America do to get involved nationally for in, or in their community? What would you just say in general to people of how they can get involved to make a difference for God, family, country, constitution? Well, first of all, you can commit yourself to praying every day. That's first Amen. of all. And prayer does matter. It changes things. It changes things in the atmosphere, and it changes things for the future of our country. So I would challenge you to pray every single day specifically for our leaders and for our nation and for our constitutional republic to be upheld. And then I would say, I would implore you, if you've ever thought about running, to run for something local, run for a state seat, run for whatever seat God lays on your heart, to step out in faith and do it. I didn't know what I was doing, but we can do it. We have to. It's our government. We have to take it back. 
and running's not for everybody. So if you can't do that or you don't have time, find out who is running in your area and see who represents you the best and go to them and get a yard sign. Give them $5 for a yard sign. Take the yard sign, put it in your yard. Ask them, can you help them door knock? Go to your whole neighborhood and tell them about that candidate and they're running it. They're conservative and how I would need to vote for them. Those, those two things right there will mean more to a candidate and change things in your community than anything else you could do. You can also do cold calls. You can get phone lists and, and phone banks for people, wave signs for people. There's, there's many things you can do to change an election. And we're at the place and time of we have to change elections. But there's also a commissioner board, a school board, and a election board that you can go to their meetings. And when you go to their meetings, you listen to what's going on, and you actually participate in the conversation and ask hard questions. So there's so much you can do. And and I, I, I ask all of you to please get involved. It's your government. It belongs to you. And show everybody it belongs to you. Don't sit back around and be silent. Speak up. Show up. And, and take the country back. That is a great answer, Candace. because everybody can get involved. And the main, main thing you have to do is start. Yeah person. Everybody, you have to start. You never know where you're going to end up. I didn't expect to have a, a show bringing national guests on. I just got involved and you never know where you're going to go. You know, I don't think necessarily that you plan to run for governor of Georgia the first day you stepped into the arena, but look at where you are now. Uh, you have a primary coming up, right? You want to tell us about that? Yeah, May 24th is the primary in Georgia, and so we will be early voting starting in April. We qualify the first week of March. I'll be going March 7th to qualify at the Capitol and the Gold Dome to run for this seat, and we're going to be working. we got about 110 days before the primary, and we're going to be working as hard as we can, and then November will be the general election, and we're going to win. Right, the and the primary we're talking about, this is the Republican primary. The Republican and the Democrat primary, too, is all May 24th. Yep. Right. Now, here's my question, because this is the thing that has totally screwed up our nation. Are Democrats eligible to vote in the Republican primary? Yeah, in Georgia, because you don't have to list which affiliation you are, so the Democrats can come over. There's nobody running against Stacey Abrams, and obviously they don't want Kent, so they can come over and they can vote for me. And right. But you do realize sure. that is what's been screwing up great candidates around the around the country because the Democrats end up voting in primaries and they vote for the weakest Republican on the ticket. Yeah, they do. But this time we're going to use it for our good and God's going to use it for our good. I hate that they can come over and we can do that back and forth most of the time. But, you know, I'm looking at it like we got to get these people out that don't belong. And I have some conservatives that who have voted Democrat their whole life, and they're going to come over to, to this side and vote because they do like me. And I'm just praying that they continue to vote for me and the general, and they just come on over to the conservative side for good. Well, hope so. I hope this works out this way. Continued success in your endeavors. Uh, uh, Candace, please tell people once again how they can contact you, reach you, and anything else you'd like to promote. Yes, so CandiceTaylor.com. Go to K-A-N-D-I-S-S-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. You can go to Get Involved, and you can sign to be a volunteer, or you can make a donation. And I would love to have your prayers, first of all. If you'll commit to praying for me and just for my safety and the safety of my children and my husband, that would be wonderful. And I thank you so much, Gary, for having me on. You have been a delight, and you did not disappoint. John Delaney was absolutely correct about you. And I thank you, and I'm honored and humbled that you let me come on your show. Well, it, it was a pleasure having you on. And the reason I brought you on is because it's your type of involvement that gives hope to Americans. Whether you win or not, you stepped forward and you, you stepped out on faith and took an opportunity and look at the opportunity you've been presented. I really thought the, the, the thing that separates you as a non-career politician is somebody just like myself that just stepped out on faith to do something I've never done before in my life and something you never did before in your life. And and this is how we can take our country back, people. It could, you could run for school board. You could run. There's so many things you can run for or so many things you can do just to get involved to save this country from this attempted communist coup. So once again, Candace, thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome to come back.
Uh, God bless you and God bless your family. Thank you, Gary. There you have it, Dr. Candace Taylor, who stepped out in faith and could rock the world, getting ready to uh, shock the world if she wins the governorship of Georgia. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Candace Taylor, for rolling up her sleeves and getting involved, addressing issues that are close to the hearts of we the people, as well as providing solutions we can all get involved in. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.